Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus Christ is risen. Now let me hear you. Jesus Christ is risen. Amen. Please be seated. Children, if you are a preschooler and you'd like to go to Children's Church, please feel free to go at this time. Jesus Christ is risen. Wow! But how did we get here? How did we get here? Think about it. It's always important to know where you're at. There was a man, he was a bagpiper. He decided that he, he would help out at, at funerals. And they would call him up and he would go to the funeral and he would play the bagpipes. And he had to go to one funeral and as he went, his GPS just flaked out. He was lost. Now he was late. He drove around in circles hoping to find where this funeral would be. And then he saw a mound of dirt and men working around it. Oh, I'm too late. He almost drove on, but he thought to himself, no, no. I may have missed it, but I'm still going to play in the honor of this person. And so he stopped his car and he got up and he grabbed his bagpipes. And he went and he played Amazing Grace with every ounce of gusto he had. It was so moving that the men stopped working. They laid down their shovels. They walked over. The oldest man took off his hat and began to wipe tears from his eyes. When the man had finished, he thought, at least I honored them. And he turned and walked to his car, and as he walked, he heard one man say to another, what was that all about? The older man said, I don't know. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen in all my years of digging septic tanks. <laughs> it's important to know where you're at and how you got there. And how did we get to a resurrection? Well, in Romans chapter 3, we find out how it started. It has this little phrase that says, for all have sinned. It's followed up with another phrase that says, no one seeks God. There's nothing in the heart to seek God. So sin. Sin which separates. Sin which causes divide. Sin enters into a world and when it comes into this world, it is a pandemic. It infects the human race like a virus. And no one's immune. Well, except for one. Think of the effect of this virus called sin. Hatred, inhumanity, disease, decay, death, separation from God. 
this morning because of this, this sickness called sin, our brothers and sisters in Egypt are worshiping in, in secret because last Sunday their churches blew up. Sin. Now, a few years back, there was a, a, a plague that infected a town. And it was inflect, infecting a region. And it was before uh, we had all the, the drugs and wonder drugs that we have now. And they were figuring it out. And one man said, I think I can help them. And so he said, Let, give me a herd of horses. And so he took a herd of horses and he infected them with the same illness that was infecting the town. Most of the horses died, except for one. One recovered. One had the antibodies in its blood, and so he rushed the horse to the town, and when he got to the town, the horse gave its life, and they took every drop of the horse's blood and made a serum that, that gave life to the town. Our story is the same today. For on the virus of sin, there's only one cure. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Jesus Christ gave his precious blood on the cross to cure us of sin. For anyone who would believe and take the cure, be healed but what if it stopped at the cross we would continue to wonder if it worked we would continue to wonder if if the cure worked because how do you know if a cure works you know if there's life and the resurrection tells us the cure works Oh, the precious blood of Christ. Oh, Father, as we pray this morning, we thank you for the blood, the cure. But we thank you through the resurrection. We know the cure worked, for you brought life through the blood. And now, Father, may we reflect on the cost to your Son. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Amen.
the blood of Jesus washes me. Oh, the blood of Jesus shed for me. What a sacrifice that saved my life. Yes, the blood, it is my victory. Thank you for your 
Would you stand again as we sing together, Jesus paid it all.
Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease By the glorious power of the Father, now also we may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised as he was. Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we will know we will also share his new life. We are sure of this because Christ rose from the dead. He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. He died once to defeat sin and now he lives for the glory of God. So you should consider yourselves dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God through Christ Jesus. the 
Greg. I read from Romans chapter 6 to you just a moment ago during the song. And it has a powerful principle there, and it's our next step. Well, we know where we're at, but what does it mean? Well, there's a principle you have to get, and it's called the principle of with him. I learned this principle when I was in high school, I had had a chance to go to the state capitol, Sacramento, California, and we were supposed to meet with the governor, who is now the governor again. I can't get my mind around that. But we're supposed to meet. But you know what he said? I don't want to meet with you guys. I don't want to talk to you. So we went and met with our state representative, and she was this wonderful lady, and she said, he said, what? He said he doesn't want to meet with us. <laughs> Give me a minute. So she said, young men, young women, follow me. And so we started going down these corridors, and there were all these security guards and all these police officers. And I remember some of them stopping us and saying, you can't go down here. And we would just go, we're with her. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. And we, go, and we finally were, were ushered into the governor's office. And there, 
one of his aides ran in. You can't be in here. We looked at him and we all said in chorus, we're with her. And he goes, oh, okay. And he ran out and brought the governor. And we said, we're with her. And he goes, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, when you're with the right person, it's amazing where you can go. I recent, a few years ago, I had that happen when I went to the Metrodome. We were going to help on some things, and we were told to go on this path and underneath and go these places we couldn't go. And all these people were stopping us, but I always pointed and said, but I'm with him. And our guide took us through, and no one stopped. That's what happens here. It says that we were died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised by the dead, here's the first thing that happens. By glorious power of the Father, we now have new lives. What does the resurrection mean? It means you have a new life life it's not a fixer-upper it's not some paint slapped on the walls when donna and i went to buy a house here in buffalo trying to find the right house you know how many places we went to that all they did was slap paint on the walls and said we've redone the home no you didn't in fact it needs another coat God doesn't slap paint on the wall of your life. The resurrection says he gives you a new life. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Wow. Not only that, it says that this, that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Wow. We don't have to obey anymore. Have you ever watched a dog being trained with a shock collar? Yeah. The dog goes off, they hit a button, the dog's, whoa. And I better listen. A friend of mine decided he was going to train his dog using that, and he thought, you know, I want to see what it feels like. So he put it around his leg, and he hit it. He only did that once. <laughs> yeah. While you have that collar, you don't have a choice. And what he's saying is, I took the collar off. All sin can do, sin can whisper, sin can entice, sin can, can beg you, but sin doesn't control you because of the resurrection. Not only that, it says that we have, we have death no longer has power over us. Oh, these old bodies are going to die, but not us. Our spirits are going to go on. We're going to have a chance for a new body. And we're going to have a chance to live with Jesus forever. But it also does one more thing. The resurrection gives us a purpose. 
So you should consider yourself dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God. What higher purpose could there be to the God of the resurrection to live for His glory and His honor and His praise? Wow. So we've talked about how we got here. We talked about what it means. And in just a few moments, Braxton's going to share, well, how do we live it? See, I gave him the easy job. <laughs> but before we do, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. And we're going to continue our time of worship through our offering. Precious Father, the resurrection. Wow. It gives us good lives. It gives us brand new lives. It defeats death in our lives. We are no longer a slave to death. We're no longer a slave to sin. And now we have a purpose to live a life that brings you glory. All because we are with him. Thank you, Father, for the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise the name of the Lord our God. Sun shall be. 
alive, I'm alive because he lives. Amen. Amen. Let my song join the one that never ends. Amen. Amen. I'm alive. I'm Have you guys ever seen the, the movie Finding Nemo before? You may be saying, where is he going with this? <laughs> so it's a movie about a fish who can talk. Shocker. Um, but there's these characters in there that you may have seen at Walmart. They're called seagulls. And these seagulls, in the movie, you may know this. They say, mine, mine, mine. Right? That's what they kind of do. And I have noticed throughout my life, throughout my experiences, as funny as that is, that is the reality of my heart sometimes. Oftentimes, I, I live under the umbrella of mine, mine, mine. In fact, I even experienced this this week. Um, I was going to a meeting, and I was waiting on somebody to come and carpool because I care about the environment. I want to save the environment, you know. And the person was running late. And in my mind, I began to think, wow, we're going to be late to this meeting. I'm going to look bad. My time is so valuable. What is up with this dude? Why is he so late to this meeting? And this is kind of our natural mindset to have. We, we say, what about me? What about what I want? What about what I deserve? This mine, mine, mine kind of mentality makes us so miserable. And this is where the resurrection comes in. And Paul experienced this firsthand. This this mindset begins to change. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17, it says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, that mine, mine, mine mentality. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How different we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, and the new life has begun. So we see Paul, this, this compelling love of God in Christ completely rewired Paul's heart. So the mindset of what about me has now vanished. He has been freed up to live for someone other than himself. He says, the love of Christ compels me. It controls me. It has changed how I see myself. It has changed how I see the people around me. In fact, so thoroughly was he transformed, he said in verse 17, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The love of God made manifest in Christ was so profound that Paul is saying, the old me is gone, the mind me is gone, past, present, and future. All of my sins are taken care of and absorbed in Christ. And I am completely and utterly forgiven, and that compels me. Later on in Galatians, Paul says in Galatians 2.20, my old life has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Believe it or not, you and I are going to blow it this week. You may be thinking, no way, no way. But how we understand the resurrection and what Christ did for us really impacts how we face that. So if I believe that it's this mind-mind mentality, then I believe I have to be good enough, I have to try hard, and I have to have it all together. But if I focus on Christ, when I blow it, I run to him, I focus on him, and he changes my heart, he changes my desires, he changes everything about me from the mind-mind mentality to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus to the people around me. So the power of the resurrection is that we forget ourselves because we're so focused on Christ. We're so focused on what he did for us. And it changes and transforms our hearts to live a life that cares about Christ and those who don't know him. And that's the power of the resurrection. Would you stand as we sing one final song this morning? Heaven's gates are open wide, he's alive. He's alive. 
Jesus Christ is risen. In his name, let me send you off with a blessing. Because of the resurrection, may the Lord bless you and protect you. Because of the resurrection, may the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. Because of the resurrection and that our Lord Jesus Christ is alive, may the Lord show his favor and give you peace. And I ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and so I send you. Amen.